0: petersfield's shine radio hello i'm julie Butler,
1: and i'm blake swell
0: things are sounding a little different
1: <laughs> new voices interviewing local voices in this week's Peapod. thank you for joining us in the Peapod this week we're at the five bells in beratin a lovely country pub just a few miles down the road from petersfield
0: we will be finding out a little bit more about some of the things this busy little village gets up to meeting some of the local residents to make the village tick
1: We'll find out more about some of the major projects that Burriton is working on for 2024.
2: The Peapod, always on location and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio.
1: So, Julie, the first Peapod hosted by you and I...
0: I know. And I have to say, I was a little bit nervous. I don't know about you. I certainly was nervous.
1: <laughs> I was worried about saying Buryton, Buryton, right? See, I can't even say it now. And then when you think about it too much, of course. It all goes wrong. Yeah, it all goes terribly wrong. <laughs> uh, but here we are, the first one together. Really great people this week as well. Um, it's
0: a lovely area down here, isn't it? Berriton is just lovely.
1: The work, which we'll find out, obviously, in the people in this episode uh, that the villagers do... Incredible. You'd never know. I mean, did you know from living... You know, as you said, you walk here mm. regularly. Did you have any idea about the work that was going on?
0: It's always been one of those little villages that always thinks outside the box. Yeah. Um, you know, you if you go down the road, you won't see any road signs particularly because they don't like the idea of road signs. So it does make a huge difference. And they do do a lot of stuff that probably isn't done elsewhere. So although... I never knew about any of this stuff before yeah. I spoke to, we talked about it. Actually, it doesn't surprise me that it's happening here.
1: No. And how's your week been? How's the dancing oh, going?
0: My week as usual. Um, dancing, well, I've... Uh, <laughs> as soon
1: as you did that, you opened up your diaphragm. I opened up my diaphragm
0: <laughs> and I started to get into the strictly pose. Um, yeah, it's good, it's good. So I am now... Working out, practising for my next competition, which is in February. So uh, if you see photographs of me, you wouldn't even recognise me. So, yeah, it's, it's all good.
1: And something that we'd never thought, well, I certainly never thought I'd see. Uh, early on, earlier on this week, we were at the Panto um, in Petersfield. <laughs> we saw uh, Phil Humphreys all dressed up. Sort of came. I know I knew he said he was getting into costume and he joined us in the room and, uh, yeah, a complete surprise.
0: He grew, didn't he? He yeah, grew. He <laughs> literally grew with the dress.
1: <laughs> that was the first time I met Phil um, outside of, you know, the professional Shine Radio capacity. I've seen him at the legal training days, but it was good to see him, obviously, in his natural habitat. I'd so. say
0: <laughs> as a pantomime dame, <laughs> yeah.
1: and of course Lacy with his uh, moustache as well. Yeah. I mean, I know that they talked about it on the last podcast, um, and I think at the end or even heard me saying I'm still trying to get used to it, but um, yeah, the, these even though it may be the same face and the same person, just a slight physical appearance adjustment
0: didn't look like Joff yeah, did it. Didn't look like Joff at all. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was certainly an interesting. Are you going to go to any pantomimes? This, this...
1: I went over Christmas did up you? in um, up in Woking, just up the A3, quite quite away. But actually, talking of strictly, Anton de beck was in it um Ah. so he was Smee it was a Peter Pan production so he was Smee do you remember Chuckle Vision yes Paul Paul Chuckle was in it um I forget what he was but they were great um he did a lot of dance numbers they definitely got their money's worth there and yeah I I just I mean I've talked about this before on, on my show but I think that there's a lot of things that make this country great and I think places like where we are right now at the Five Bells in Burriton a pub and a pantomime are just two of the, the great things about yeah. this country I think yeah. that, you know trying to describe a pantomime to anyone else in the world um is almost impossible it's, it's got it. a bit for everyone <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's um it is unique to um to the British, isn't it really? Yeah. But uh yeah.
1: And it's, they have now eighteen plus sort of adult pantomimes, which uh, I'm curious about as I'm well curious. to explore. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's definitely a great lead up to Christmas. It Gets is. Me in the yeah. yeah. But I think we better get going with this. Oh, I think we better pod, I we? think we better. The P
0: stands
3: for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The pea
2: pod.
1: We would love to hear from you, so if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please call or WhatsApp us on 01730 55500 or send an email to team at Shimeradio.uk
0: Coming up, we find out about Beriton's latest nature-related initiatives. But first...
1: Beriton has developed strong links over a number of years with the rural community of Dominase, which is in the far north of the central region of Ghana.
0: The village-to-village group was set up in 2003 to increase awareness and support. A committee of residents here work with a committee of Dominase to identify what is the priority. They have an exciting new project for 2024.
1: And we have Doug Jones here to tell us more. So can you give us a bit of background when this first started in 2003? What was the idea behind it?
4: Yeah, well, we um, there was a link initially between the church in this community and, and a church over in Dominazi in Ghana. And indeed, a number of other churches in the Petersfield area also developed links with churches in their diocese. In Beryton, we felt we could do a bit more than that and... None of us in this group are particularly connected with the church at all. We just felt we could widen it out and the whole community here could help a greater proportion of the community over there in Ghana as well. So... Amongst the first things we realised was that the living conditions there are so completely different to those that we just take for granted over here. No no household running water, very little electricity, no sanitation, uh, very limited jobs and so on, and challenges for the health system and for education as well. So we've done it in small steps, but some of the first things we did was to try and get better water supplies so that people could drink. There was a, there's a river nearby but that was getting increasingly dirty and polluted. Um, so we've invested and helped them provide new wells and boreholes. Um, but advice from Water Aid over here told us if you're going to do water you need to be thinking about sanitation as well. Right. So that was our next step and um, since then we've provided big blocks of latrine toilets at five of the schools. So the school children have got somewhere safe and clean to go. Yeah. And we've also provided 500 families with their first ever family toilets. Wow. Um, The sorts of things we would have been used to in this country many, many years ago. There's still no running water. It's a glorified hole in the ground, but at least they've got somewhere to go that's safe and uh, you're not treading in somebody else's uh, night fuel. Yeah, incredible stuff.
0: Where does this funding come from? Is it a village-wide thing or is it something that just the parish council for example does
4: yeah there's the the parish council sort of supports us behind the scenes but we've never got never sought any funding from them we uh, We get most of the funding from donations. We've got a regular giving scheme so people can take out a standing order and give us a a quid a month, a fiver a month, that sort of thing. That's really helpful um, so we can plan ahead. But otherwise, we try and do big fundraising events, quiz nights, barn dances. And we have been quite successful in applying for grants from the British Council and some education organisations um, to help with some of our uh, more recent work on education. We've done a lot on schooling in the last few years. And what made you pick Ghana out of all the countries you could have Well, picked? that really started from, because of that church link right. uh, at the outset, and so we just felt we could build on that. And um, we've adjusted what we do now to to focus a lot more on education because we can see that, that for many, many people, that's their way out of poverty. Yes. Um, so we've provided about 7,000 reading books wow. uh, for school libraries. Um, we've helped about 20 teachers go through teacher training courses, <clears throat> as I say, we provided the toilet facilities which otherwise children were, when they needed to go to the loo they'd go back home or go somewhere and not quite come back to school again, so they now attend school much more regularly Um, and we've gone on to do into school reading competitions so that the teachers, the children and indeed their parents are urging them on to be the best possible reader. English is their second language so that will serve them well for the rest of their lives and we've also introduced a careers uh, fair uh, once a year so that the children can think about what uh, lessons, what subjects they do in their last couple of years at school to widen their career horizons because otherwise it's a very rural area (laughs) everybody just works on the land and nobody's ever thought of becoming a nurse or a bank manager or anything else so we're trying to open their eyes. And you've been out there yourself have you? Yeah I've been a number of times yeah quite a few times over the 20 years yeah. yeah. So what
0: age range do you have?
4: Um, The life expectancy is a lot lower Um, you're doing well the average life expectancy is about 65 that's gone up in the 20 years we've been dealing with it was less than 60 when we started Uh, but there's still quite a little bit of infant mortality you you know there's a lot of children don't make their fifth birthday Uh, but then with um, particularly malaria uh, some other viruses um, there's quite a few challenges um, to people along their life's route Um, so um, uh, there are a number of quite well-trained clinics but they've got hard work to uh, to address mm. some of these things
0: you, you realize how how fortunate you are in the uk when you hear stories like this don't you i was
4: going to say you really yeah. take it
0: for
1: granted yeah that, definitely you know, not everyone has this luxury this privilege yeah
0: so what's the exciting project in 2024 then doug
4: well this is where <laughs> i hand over to Bernie because ah, this, right. yeah. this is this was something we launched in our 20th year and uh it's something else to help uh, the community, but I'll let Bernie tell you all about it.
0: OK. Well, well
4: let... Doug, thank you very much for thank coming you on you the p Great to, to you.
0: So, Bernie Saunders, <laughs> you're now talking to us. So, this project, 2024, Village to Village, what, what is it all about? Is it really exciting?
5: Yeah, we are very excited about it, actually. Um, it's a, a project to help with um, menstruation, hygiene and education uh, in Dominarzi. Um, <clears throat> one of our new group members, Hannah, uh, opened our eyes to this about a year or so ago uh, at our meeting um, and highlighted that there are problems among teenage girls <clears throat> uh, well, right across the third world, really, but also uh, in Africa and in Ghana. Um, <clears throat> and so we, uh, we did a little bit of uh, research, both in Dominazi Uh, and with one or two charities in the UK and in Ghana. Um, And our findings were that um, uh, in Dominazi, many of the teenage girls attending school there couldn't afford period products, uh, and there were low levels of menstrual uh, hygiene education and uh, I suppose the most serious problem of all was that because they didn't have access to pro- access to products, uh, and because of the lack of education uh, ab- around that whole issue, uh, many of the girls were missing one week in four at school. So over the course of their education, they're missing about a quarter of their uh, school time. Uh, and that obviously has a really big impact on their eventual uh, attainment and achievement. So... We began to develop the project out of that research um, and we decided that the best thing we could do was rather than reinvent the wheel was to link up with a charity uh, in Ghana that was already doing some of this work. Um, and we set ourselves some, some key aims, if you like. Uh, one was to provide uh, sanitary pads that were sustainable uh, rather than items that would be discarded um we wanted to improve the um the sort of menstrual health and hygiene uh, education that the girls were receiving um and then we had this overarching uh, aim at the end to improve their attendance at school which over the long term hopefully will improve their uh, achievements and improve their prospects uh, uh, after school um So we did some more research, we talked to um, one or two more charities and we ended up linking up with a fairly small charity called Girls Club Ghana, uh, which is um, already doing some of this work in some parts of of Ghana, but not in the area where Dominazi is. Um, And working with them, we've set up a six-month pilot project um, to see whether we can do anything about this and, and solve this problem. Uh, and so the project involves uh, uh, a woman called Rosina ahot uh, who's the CEO of Girls Club Ghana. Um, and she's now making regular visits to Dominazi. Um, she's recruited um, 15 girls uh, in two schools. Uh, it's 15 girls in each school um, to take part in this pilot um and during her first visit she sort of set up the 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 project and began to teach the girls to make their own products um and as doug said earlier you bear in mind there's no electricity there so everything has to be hand sewn many of these girls don't have those skills so a a side product of this project is that they're now learning how to sew and that might well turn into some kind of career for them at at a later stage um She's also given them a a booklet which helps educate them uh, uh, about menstrual hygiene. Um, uh, They've so far made one pad each, um, one sanitary pad each. They also get a T-shirt which gives them sort of membership of the Girls Club Ghana uh, and they'll be meeting regularly regularly. Um, once a month uh, with one of our local champions in dominasi that rosina's also recruited and taught how to run these uh, these regular sessions Um, so the project's now about halfway through Uh, we've already learned some important lessons from it Um, we need to turbocharge the production of the uh, sanitary products for sure each girl's going to need about 12 of those a month Um, And uh, at the moment, they've made one. Um, (laughs) So uh, my wife, Mary, has started uh, or launched a mini army of uh, local people who can sew. um, And we're getting, hopefully, we're getting some help from one or two local fabric companies who will supply some materials, hopefully free of charge. Um, And um, uh, they're going to... Work hard to get about 100, hundred, hundred and fifty of these products uh, to Rosina, so she can get them to the girls uh, before the end
1: of the pilot product but project. And do you get feedback from the locals? What sort of feedback are you getting from? Are they really I assume? presumably very grateful yeah yeah they're
5: all really supportive of the of the program um there are two uh nurses who work in the local community there who've been really helpful and they've been helping rosina on the ground but also the uh local people in dominasia that we've developed contacts Mm. with over the last 20 years uh have been really really supportive um and um rosina is is extremely excited about uh Uh, about the project and um, maintains regular contact with us yeah
0: it's a huge education piece because it's not just about the people that you're actually supporting i guess it's about changing hearts and minds of older people that didn't know any different it's a whole change of their way of their whole lifestyle isn't it
5: yeah i mean it's one of the reasons we wanted a a ghana-based charity involved because they understand the culture they know the taboos that are built around these kind of topics particularly some of the religious taboos they understand what local people know about these uh, about these subjects Um, and it's really important to also to try to educate the boys as well Mm. Um, and so that's going to be part of the project at at some stage Um, we haven't quite got to that yet but um, uh, they need to understand that um, the girls need somewhere private to go and change uh, and that um, you know if they are in a period uh, at a particular time of the month then um, they need to be able to um, behave and carry out their their, um, their way of life in a in a way that is respected and valued. So
1: Bernie, what are the what are the future plans within Ghana for village to village?
5: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> this project that we're working on at the, at the moment, the pilot comes to an end at Easter, um, and as I mentioned earlier, we've got girls from two schools taking part at the moment. Um, Our plan is to expand that across the 12 schools uh, in the community over the next two to uh, three years. So um, it's got potential to really grow and grow. And then, of course, as the current girls going through the project get older and leave school, there'll be other girls coming along behind as well. So uh, if it works, it's a really exciting project that's got the potential to run and run
0: so you you're talking about the the workforce over here that's going to be helping to to sew these um these items is this something that if there's anybody out there listening to us that would like to actually help because i i i can think i'm just going back to covid days actually yeah. where everybody was sewing covid masks and all the yeah, rest of, course, of it yeah. i'm just wondering whether there's sort of like an appetite there to actually do something to help us well on
5: this yeah, I think Mary would be really grateful if uh, if anybody is interested to get in touch and um, uh, and join the little army that's uh, that's going to be working on this.
1: So, how can people listening right now? They want to come direct to you to get involved, to help out. How can they get in touch with you? So they can get in, they can get in touch with us via the community website,
5: and all the information on who to contact and how to contact is on there. Brilliant.
1: Well, thank you, Bernie, very much for coming on The Peapod. Very much appreciate the time. Wish wish you luck. (laughs) Thank you.
0: The Peapod, on location with local
2: personalities.
0: Being part of the South Downs National Park, it will come as no surprise that the village wants to ensure that helping nature is one of their priorities.
1: Berriton has many nature-related initiatives that help to ensure they improve conditions for pollinators in fact they are one of only six parishes in hampshire to be selected to help increase awareness and connect with local green spaces and right now we're joined by mary saunders to tell us more hello mary hello there thank you for coming on so tell us what are what are you and i assume people that also volunteer with you doing to help nature spaces here in barryton
3: well we're trying throughout the village to create spaces where pollinators can thrive Um, particularly on the recreation field, where the margins all around the field are being left um, for the grasses to grow tall during the summer and not cut. So that provides uh, habitat for pollinators and wildlife. And then um, each September we cut the, um, the margins just once and then a team of people, of volunteers from the village... Um, get together and rake all the cuttings up so that the nutrients don't go back into the soil. So that provides more um, space for wildflowers to grow. And we've also sowed some um, yellow rattle seeds there, which helps get rid of couch grass and things and helps other um, plants grow that are a better wildlife and pollinator habitat. So that's a major Thing we've done. We've also worked together with um, the parish council and Hampshire County Council to manage the grass margin, to to manage that, and the hedges around the wreck and the grassy areas around the village to promote wildlife and pollinators. And there's lots of gardens in the village that are providing space for for pollinators by letting wildflowers grow as well. So there's a there's a big sort of feel that this is important Mm -hmm. and to help the pollinators.
0: So you do, do you? I'm just intrigued with the flowers, uh, the wild flowers on the verges. You know, you get the two. You get the two schools of thought, don't you? You get the school of thought of it's wonderful to do this and it's helping pollinate and everything else, and then you get the other school of thought of it looks really untidy, it looks messy, and it looks unkept for. Um, I mean, obviously, I know which side of the side you're on on this, but um, in a little village like this is it the same as what it says in some of the bigger towns that you get that cross-section or is everybody sort of all on the same page here?
3: I don't think everybody probably is on the same page but there's a vast majority that do feel that um, wildlife and pollinators are important. We, we're, we're seriously lacking in insects these days. I mean, that's 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 well mm. known. And um, we also, as part of our group, we have a moth recording system. We have a moth trap and several households through the village have put the moth traps out during the year, each month, to monitor how many moths they catch. And um I'm petrified of moths, that's why I'm
0: (laughs) squirming. I'm like, oh my gosh.
3: (laughs) Well there's some amazing moths out there and we've been doing it in our garden and at the beginning of the year there were about four overnight. But in july we we actually had about a hundred moths in the in the trap, and that included just over forty species different species as well, including really big elephant hawk moths and privet hawk moths mm-hmm. and they were they 're stunningly beautiful and um, so and we have a big wildflower patch, and I think that shows and a pond and that shows that um they, they thrive in that sort of habitat and environment. Mm. So and Maybe
1: you should just get the moth trap, Julian, and then give it to these lovely people. That sounds like a I good idea.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I have to say, I, I literally freeze when I see a moth. I Anything that flutters like that, I'm like, oh, but... I agree with you. It, it is something that we do. Even though I don't like them, doesn't mean to say that I would do anything to harm them. I just run away from them.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, well, without pollinators, we, we couldn't survive, no. basically. We, we need pollinators to, to produce all our food, and without them, we won't exist. So they are important. <laughs> yeah. So do you work with the local school? You've got the, the
0: primary school just down the road.
3: Um, yes, we do work with them. We had a big event on April last year called birthday, which was Beraton Earth Day, which coincided with International mm-hmm. Earth Day. And at that the um school produced lots of stunning artwork to go on the walls. And um I know they're they're very keen to on nature walks and things within the school. It's our future, isn't it? If the youngsters get it.
2: Yeah. That's oh, our absolutely. future. That's yes. our future
0: then. Yeah. Um that's hopefully it's really helped important. Them. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: Beryton has vast amounts of green space you're not on this alone i assume are there lots of people helping you and how's it been going
3: oh the whole the whole village is involved. yeah yeah fantastic yes yes and um they all come up for the heyday and we try to do something um different every month of the year right um so we've had bat walks we've had fungi walks we created natural decorations for the christmas fair to encourage people to see that they don't have to buy decorations they can actually make them from what's out there
1: what sort of things were they like holly and mistletoe
3: um well we or had not
1: stereotypical <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh we didn't use holly because it was a little bit prickly for the children but we so. we created stars out of um hazel twigs right. and then um helped the children to tie bits of wool or um rose hips and things like that on and we also cut slices of tree trunk just small slices and then they drew pictures on them treat christmas trees and things on them and could hang them up on their christmas trees that's really nice because it's all
0: going back to tradition again isn't it what used to happen dare i say in the in the days where you didn't have christmas decorations that you just went and bought from a shop
3: yeah so I think that's really nice and, and, and much cheaper obviously <laughs> yeah
1: I can yeah. remember drawing on like a shaving of a tree trunk but I don't know if that was <laughs> part of school but you or just not. did
3: it <laughs> well it's great fun you should try it again yeah, I will. yeah so we had no May in May which encourages people not to grow not to cut their lawns and, and a lot the, of people yeah. did that
1: and what's the benefit of doing that
3: that is so that the grasses can grow and provide mm-hmm. a habitat for um, caterpillars and larvae that are rife at that time. So if you cut the grass, yeah. then they can't develop properly. These
1: these creatures. So and you often get the beautiful daisies as well. That
3: well, that's right. Like, yes, yeah. yeah. so it is really pretty.
1: Yeah.
3: And it's not neat and tidy. But then nature isn't neat and tidy. Nature isn't entirely. neat and tidy, is it? No. No. no we've, we've, yeah. we've been sort of taught to expect it to be, and it.
0: Yeah. It isn't. No, it's not. So tell me, wasps, another one of my pet hates. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot. Um, there is a shortage of wasps as well, isn't there? There is a shortage of wasps, um, yeah.
3: and uh, wasps are really good pollinators as well. And actually, you probably notice that you never really notice wasps until September. Until they're in your house. Yeah, when they're in your house. <laughs> and a and yeah. When <laughs> you get a picnic out. But it's not in the beginning of the summer, because at the beginning of the summer, wasps are meat eaters. And so they don't oh. want all that sweet stuff. It's only at the end of their lives that they become a little bit mad. That's when they're eating the plums and the apples and, and everything, late in, in the early autumn. And that's when they become a nuisance. But oh. they're around all year, but you just don't notice them because they're not actually a nuisance. But they're really, really important. So well, I thought that they were just popped out in, sort of, and then
1: disappeared you. again just yeah. to
3: annoy me, yeah. <laughs>
1: They'll be yeah. listening in the mops and washing. I know head they will. They'll be there. They'll be, be plaguing my
3: house now. <laughs> <laughs> and they. you get lots of bees too. So you get the um, independent bees, individual bees that don't live in a in a hive or as a group. They burrow in the ground and things, and, and they don't sting, but they're super pollinators as well, um, like mason bees. Do they look different? they're, they're a bit sm- yes they do. They look a little bit like a bumblebee and slightly reddish. The mason bees and they're right. very fluffy they're very they're quite endangered and um they hatch out of these little cocoons and when they lay eggs they lay eggs in tubes i'm a, i'm a mason bee guardian so i look after look after a little selection of them so i put tubes out for them they lay eggs in the tubes and they lay as they lay their eggs they give them the the larva a little bit of pollen and then they seal up the tube with mud and then they go off and then they come back and they lay another egg in the same tube and seal it off. So by the end, you have about 10 little larvae in a tube. And apparently, in in the wild, if they one wakes up, one of these little bees wakes up and in the springtime, and they'll eat the pollen that the mother's left them, and then they'll nibble through that mud into the next compartment. And if that one isn't asleep it'll bite them on the bottom and wake them up and then they all sort of come out at the end. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs)
0: That's really exciting, isn't it? I mean, especially around here, you've got so many fields, you've got so much nature here. Um, I have to say, I love walking across the fields to come here. So um, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Coming up, we find out more about winter warmers and the monthly coffee mornings to help take away the chill on those cold winter days
1: but before that here's Chris Skinner with the What's On guide to events taking place in and around Petersfield.
2: The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? Musicians, small bands, singers, and poets come together this Friday at Gallery Number Thirty for an acoustic open mic night. Doors open at seven, with the first acts on stage at around half past. It's all local talent and free to get in, with food and drink available to purchase too. That's Friday at Gallery Number Thirty on Petersfield High Street. There's a Tom Jones tribute night this Friday at the Hampshire Hog in Clanfield. Yes, Tom is the act, and it's the first in a new series of Tribute Nights at The Hog. Tickets £5. On Saturday the 27th, there's live mandolin excitement in Greyshot as Simon Major, Hilary James and friends bring musical virtuoso entertainment to our area. It all happens in the Village Hall. You can get tickets at Greyshot Post Office and they cost £20. And also on Saturday, Petersfield Museum and Art Gallery marks International Lego Day with its BrickFest event. £8 gets you in and there are bricked-themed events for all ages, all day long. And details of those and many other local events are yours for the taking at shineradio.uk. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk.
0: Winter has really set in, and any way that we can find to keep warm is a real bonus.
1: This was something that started last year and is continuing throughout the cold spell. It's open to the village for anyone that wishes to have a cuppa, biscuits and have a chat. And we're here now with Daniela Jones to tell us more. Hello, Daniela. Hello. Thank you for coming on. So how did this all start?
6: Well, the idea came from um, an event that a local family um, held here in the pub in October. Um, It was a thank you for a fundraising event that they held for um, PSC support. Um, It was a lovely event and a chance to catch up with old friends and neighbours who hadn't seen each other for ages. Um, The warm feeling of community produced by this gathering made me wonder whether a regular coffee morning might be something others would welcome too. Um, So I asked Doug um, to pose the question in one of his Bereton Bits emails. This is a a round-robin news email that he sends around to villagers and honorary villagers. The feedback was really positive and several people offered to help serve tea and coffee as well as bake cakes, because, as one of my friends said, cake is essential.
0: (laughs) I agree with
3: that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) At a meeting with Wynne Normington, uh, one of the church wardens, we discussed the possibility of combining the church's winter warmers with our new venture. In the end, we agreed that it would serve the community better to keep the two events separate and in separate locations as well in order to attract a wider group of people and give everybody the opportunity to attend social gathering every two weeks roughly, uh, at least during the winter. So last year, the church, together with the parish council, arranged regular winter warmer sessions in the Seaward Room, which is attached to the church, Uh, Villagers were invited to come and spend some time in the warmth and company of others over a bowl of soup, which was made by Fran Vesey, um, who was at that time running the Five Bells, um, and served by volunteers from the church. Each lunch attracted up to 25 people. Uh, This year there will be three winter warmer sessions in January, February and March, uh, roughly halfway between the coffee mornings. St Mary organises a lot of social events involving free tea and cake and on occasion a glass of Prosecco which we had for the coronation and mulled wine and mince pies every year for the carol singing around the pond. It's always the same very small group of people providing the refreshments and doing the work so i was very keen to find new people to help with the coffee mornings and i'm glad to say that we have a very happy band of ladies um i shouldn't have said ladies because my husband's also involved um (laughs) (laughs) fetching and carrying who all enjoy the baking and actual coffee mornings enormously two coffee mornings have been held so far attended both times by about 30 people of all ages because for children the choice of lots of different cakes is a lovely treat and for some people it's one of the only opportunities um, to socialise within the village. And for others it's just a convivial place to have a chat. There are special guests at both events, and we are open to anybody who wants to reach a local audience be it to drum up support for a defibrillator course, which is actually happening this weekend. Um, There's a tabletop sale, Um, maybe in the future people want to sell local produce. We know somebody's interested who produces honey in the village because of all the lovely pollinators we have now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the February uh, coffee morning, the Bereton Art Group uh, will display their work. So ideas for the future special guests are um, seed and plant swaps. Um, We're trying to introduce board games, possibly some musical entertainment. Um, My dream would be for new ideas and groups to form at one of our coffee mornings and for them to then blossom into more successful bariton events in
0: the future. Mm. (laughs) Blake's just stood in the dog bowl. (laughs) Which is great. I was going to say, going on to the nature, going back to the nature theme, from little acorns, great oak trees grow. So, your ambition for having other groups coming out of this would be really, really good, I think. And everything takes time. Yes. So, you say you've got key people coming. Are these people that would, if you didn't have this, would they be sitting at home on their own, just watching the television? and not actually socialising with anyone.
6: Yes, there are certainly um, a handful of people who need this sort of event um, to, to come out of their houses and, and um, have come to both the coffee mornings and hopefully will always come. Um, whether there are people who would come, who can't, it's difficult to reach everybody. We've tried all the channels, that, the usual channels. Uh, sometimes it's worth of mouth, sometimes... The best way is when a neighbour invites those people yeah. who are sitting at home who might think, oh, I can't be bothered, just to say, come along, you'll you'll enjoy it once you're there. And so, yeah, we hope that every month we'll have more of those, especially those people. Yeah. But it's not just for the elderly. and, and It's for everybody to come and socialise because there are not that many opportunities anymore. Um, we used to have a village shop where you bumped into people, the post office, the fl- yearly flower show, fireworks, all sort of things that at the moment aren't happening which hopefully might be resurrected
1: I know that's a really good point about the neighbour telling you to come as well because I know personally if I have to do something just for me then it's like I won't do it but if I'm doing it with someone else and I feel like I'm also letting them down so I will go um so how often do these happen and have you you said about the winter warmer sessions in January February and March are there future plans as well the coffee
6: mornings happen on the first saturday of every month right so once a month and that will be every month yeah. the winter warmers are winter warmers so yeah. um, um, march uh, in the summer we have cream teas in the village oh. in, in the seaward room the church it is a fundraiser for the church but it is uh, well attended by villagers as well as walkers
0: that's open to everybody
1: yeah still a great social event yeah
0: yes that's what I like about village life. You yeah. get all of this. It's really exciting. I like village life, but uh, I've got a husband who's a townie, so that's, that's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I mean, the church is, the, is one of the centrepieces here, isn't it? Uh, yes. Is it has, correct me if I'm wrong, does it also have a little shop in there as well or something? Not a shop, but the post office is there every
1: post Friday office, morning.
6: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: the hub. It's one of
6: the hubs.
1: Hub. The hub of the village. Yes, yeah.
6: Yeah. as so, well as the Village Hall now. Yes. Obviously. And the two
0: pubs.
1: Um, yes. They're also hubs. Yes. Where we are right Where now. Where we are
0: now at the mm-hmm. Five Bells. I might pop along one Saturday, actually, if I'm passing this way. And, Do. And pop in and um, grab a cuppa. Mm. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. thank
2: you. The Peapod, always on location and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio.
1: And so we've come to the end of this week's people. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to the Five Bells pub in Berriton for hosting us.
0: And thank you to all our guests, our editor, M Sefton-Smith, and of course the Shine Radio team.
1: So from Julie and I this week, bye. Bye.
2: Made by volunteers in Petersfield, this is Shine Radio. It's like being in a little family. Um,
6: I love the community spirit. I like coming out to events like this. This is my first event with Shine. I'm honing in on my editing skills right now. I've been allowed free reign of the controls
2: this weekend. And, yeah, just learning loads of new skills, being able to broadcast, interview. It's really good. Petersfield Shine Radio. You make it shine. Call Petersfield five fifty-five 500 or email team at shineradio.uk.